Welcome to the See the Upside podcast. I'm Nina, your podcast host. On the show, we dive deep into all the ways to uplevel your life with a focus on positivity and growth. Interviews with industry experts and innovators in the areas of wellness, spirituality, relationships, personal growth, and more shed light on all of the best practices. We talk about how to overcome obstacles, find positivity, and create and live an authentic life you love. Every challenge is an opportunity for expansion. That's what I like to call seeing the upside. Whatever challenges you've been through, be it divorce or otherwise, you deserve to discover and live your very best life. We're here to help you find it. Thanks so much for joining the conversation, and I really hope you enjoy the show. You can follow us on Instagram at c.theupside, on Facebook at c.theupside, and visit our website at c.theupside.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the See the Upside podcast. Our guest today is Karen Dorsey. She's a divorce coach and mediator. Karen's background is actually in education and counseling. She has a master's degree in educational counseling and was a teacher and school counselor before she became a therapist in private practice, working with children, adolescents, and families. After going through her own unexpected divorce after a very long-term marriage, she realized there was so much about the divorce process she didn't know, which I can totally relate to. I just knew almost nothing. She became passionate about helping other people have a better divorce experience and shifted from therapy to divorce coaching and mediation. So Karen is now a certified divorce coach and a divorce mediator and has been practicing in both Texas and Arizona for the past seven years. She specializes in supporting women going through divorce later in life, and that will be the focus of our conversation today. What are some of the unique challenges and opportunities when divorcing at this stage and really talking about some of the tools and resources that are available that will help make that transition easier. Welcome, Karen. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Nina, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to talking with you. I love this topic because I think it's a little underappreciated and under-talked about that divorce late in life has some really unique challenges. And as we talked about in the intro, you know, your focus into this arena really came from your own experience. Can you tell us a little bit about how you ended up, you know, going into this specialization and a little bit about your experience with divorce? Yeah, I had a really wonderful life. And I was married for over 20 years. And I was living in a a very beautiful place, beautiful home, great lifestyle. And, And as you mentioned, my background is in therapy, but I wasn't practicing. I was just doing this wonderful life that I had. And the unexpected in my mind, the unexpected happened. My my ex-husband decided that after a long-term marriage, this just wasn't 
what he wanted anymore. And that caught me off guard because I had no idea that this was going on. There were things going on. And I felt very blindsided by this. Although, you know, what you learn after is, oh my gosh, there were, you know, what I was living in denial. There were all these signs that, you know, things weren't going well, but I didn't want to see it. So when this all came about, I decided that this was one of the most painful things that anyone can go through. It was, it just brought me to my knees, Nina. And and I thought, you know, people do not have to go through this in such a tragic way and let that just define you and destroy your life. So as I went through my own recovery from this scenario, I realized that there were, there was so much I didn't know. And part of it was the process. And so that's where I got so interested in coaching and mediation because I didn't have the support or the team that I needed when I went through my own divorce. I did what most people do. And I called an attorney. I retained an attorney and I put my whole life in his hands. And I think that was really the thing that drove me to do what I do now. That is not necessarily your first best step is to hire an attorney. There is so much more to the divorce puzzle. And if you can slow down for, and I couldn't take a breath at the time, I was so overwhelmed emotionally, but if you could just slow down and think about, okay, what is going on here? What kind of support do I need? What kind of help do I need? If you were able to do that, you might realize that making that phone call and spending tens of thousands of dollars retaining an attorney may not be your first best step. And it, and of course, you know, I work with attorneys all the time. It's not that I'm suggesting you don't need an attorney. You absolutely do. But if you can slow down and take a look at all that's going on, that's when you can go through this in such a better way. So that's why I got into coaching. That's why I became a mediator. I actually went to mediation in my own divorce, but I can tell you it was not the best experience. And I realized there are better ways even to do mediation. So that's why I became a mediator and a coach to support women and help them through this so that they don't completely lose their confidence, lose their self-esteem, lose their hope that there are better things. This is why I love your podcast. There are better things on the other side of this, this difficult, stressful time in their lives. Yeah. There's so much I want to comment on, but let's start with the concept of an attorney is not your answer to everything. And I think this is a new, really great opportunity that's coming to the market, this divorce coaching side of things where you have someone who can help pull together all the resources and show you the roadmap. 
I think the attorney is really one piece of your pie, right? It's your legal piece. And then you have other aspects that are financial, logistical, emotional, physical, spiritual, and really historically, the lawyer has been the starting point and the heart and soul of your divorce, but really they're only trained to handle the legal side. And in my situation, I really liked my divorce lawyer, but he would almost launch into like therapy sessions with me. And that it is a very expensive therapy session. And that's not what they're trained and designed to do. They're really designed to take care of the legal side of things. And if you, if you have specific financial things that need to be taken care of, you need a specialist for that. You might need a tax specialist. You might need you know, a business lawyer specialist or whatever the case is. So circling back to where a divorce coach comes in, how do you approach a new client and figure out, you know, put together that roadmap for them? What does that look like? Yeah, exactly. On my website, and I'll share that with you later, I have a a guide that you can download that anyone can download and it. So it gives you basically the roadmap for, Mm -hmm. for this process. And I think you've touched on everything. There is the, the attorney is there to give you legal advice, to do your paperwork, to file your, all of the paperwork that needs to be filed. And they are the experts at that. As you mentioned, they're not the experts in the emotional piece of it. And that's okay. And it's very expensive if you choose to use that person to be your sounding board, to cry in their office, to talk about your soon to be at that gets really expensive. I think also too, I just want to interject for one second and say, even on the legal side, I think it's helpful for someone neutral, like a divorce coach to give you a framework and a roadmap of what the legal side looks like. Because I felt like, although my lawyer was very good at what he did, he's living in this world all the time and would say like, we're going to file this motion. And, And I didn't even really know what that meant. I didn't know if that was normal. I didn't know how long it would take. There was very little explanation of, of the process and what was going on. It was just, here's the next thing. And I think that's where even on the legal side, a divorce coach can help give a more layman's understanding of what's going on. Yeah, exactly. And that's such a good point. We don't know. And I think sometimes we forget that we have hired this person. And I remember, I don't know how you felt, but I almost felt intimidated about, you know, oh my gosh, it, asking questions. I don't know what that means. And so you're absolutely right. They do it day in and day out. So it's second nature, filing a motion, you know, your your discovery and your documents and all of this, you know, so it's overwhelming. And that's exactly how I help. I cannot give legal advice. That's mm-hmm. not only, only, you know, a legal professional can do that, but I can give legal information. 
And one of the things I provide my clients with is a, I call it the divorce dictionary. So it has all, I have a PDF uh, resource that I share with my clients that has all of the things you're talking about, all the terms, you know, the petitioner, the respondent, and, and just in very basic terms goes through and, and describes all of those legal terms. It is like a totally different language. You need like an app to translate what they're talking about. And I think lawyers, like we're saying, they live it. They kind of take for granted that we know what that means. How would we know? You know, we wouldn't know. And you're right. You can be sitting in that seat feeling kind of like your all of your questions are dumb, you know, just because they're talking so confidently and yeah. throwing around these acronyms and terms. And you're like, wait a minute, speak English. Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. So, but that's normal to feel that way. I right. think. Right. It can be intimidating. Yeah. Up course. And, you know, we're not uh, showing up as our best selves in this process. Typically, we're emotionally overwhelmed. We're feeling scared, a lot of fear. So to be able to process all this information and make good decisions and show up as our best selves, that's really tough. And that's where having that person, your thinking partner, your advocate to support you and guide you through this is so critical. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I think that is really under-acknowledged is that we are under duress at that time. We are going through an emotional upheaval and you're making critical decisions that can affect the rest of your life. You need someone who's not you know, in that fight or flight mode who can help you take a step back, calm down, look at the facts, make good decisions, and and who knows the industry and the landscape who can say, well, you know, this would make sense. This is common. These are the boundaries on this issue. Because it is really that fight or flight panicky breakdown mode that I was in at least. And you're so afraid to make these decisions that can have an impact on your life forever. Exactly. So well said. That side of the brain that that houses that fight, flight, or freeze part is so fired up during this time. to, To get right, to get, to shift into the other side of the brain, the left side of the brain, where you can make decisions, where you can think clearly, where you can look at your options is the challenge really. And that's, you know, that's where I help my clients to, to get to so that when they're in that stressful mediation or the, the meeting with their attorney or whatever their process is going to be, to be able to breathe and to be able to think clearly and be able to have a plan is that's the the biggest challenge for all of us, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I do want to dive into the mediation piece and just kind of discuss what that is a little bit later, but I want to circle back to our 
real topic today, which is that you specialize in women getting divorced later in life. What do you find are some of the unique challenges that come about? And let's define what we mean by later in life. What, how would you define that? So maybe this will help a little bit. Overall, the divorce rate has dropped, but in those 50 and older, it's actually gone up according to statistics. And it is now that one in four divorces are those people who are 50 and over. So, you know, that's been an amazing thing to see. And I think because maybe couples are getting married less and couples are getting married later. So it makes sense that the divorce rate would be lower in younger people. But in older people, we're living longer. And I think the biggest challenges are that we maybe didn't plan for this. So a lack of preparation and fear. I say, are the biggest challenges for that population. You know, we we plan our weddings. We plan where we're going to live. We plan how many children we want to have and what work we want to do, but we don't plan on getting divorced. And, you know, even when someone suspects or, you know, they know their marriage is not great, maybe it's in trouble. What I hear is they didn't see this coming. They just didn't see it coming. So they feel very blindsided and shocked. And, you know, even if if things weren't great, it's still, you know, one of my clients came home and the documents were on the kitchen counter. Her husband had filed and was wanting her to sign the response. And even though she knew things weren't great, she just was felt blindsided. And what I've noticed in my work is that someone, one of the two people typically have been thinking about this for a while. They might have been thinking about it for months, years, and if they're 50 and over, maybe decades. One person has been thinking about this. And so that person typically is in a different place emotionally they might have already grieved the loss of a of the marriage or the life that they had whatever but the other person regardless of whether things were not going well they're in a different place they're shocked they're overwhelmed they're angry they're resentful they're afraid so that's where lots of times i see one person is going let's go ahead and get this over with and the other person is like I just found out about this. You just put this paper on the kitchen counter and they're, they're not prepared. And so they're, so that's where we really, divorce coaches really help people to get to the place where they can go, okay, let me think this is, you know, I'm in my fifties. I'd say probably the biggest challenge, Nina, is going to be financial and the losses, grieving the losses of the life you thought you were going to have forever, the loss of extended family, the loss of your lifestyle, the loss of maybe your home. So dealing with all of that, you just can't do it in, you know, in a minute. Slowing things down, I think is really, really, I really try and do that with my clients to slow things down because 
Um, They're reacting out of fear a lot of times, especially if they're in their 50s or older. Well, and don't you think that demographic, and I'm making assumptions that most of the, the clients we're talking about are women that are blindsided by divorce by their husbands being handed papers to sign that demographic, that generation probably lived a marriage where most of the paperwork and financial documents were managed by the husband. So in that kind of fight or flight panic mode, you're handed another document and all along, you know, you've been signing your name to the mortgages through the history of the marriage, signing your name to your investments. You're trusting your partner to make good decisions for both of you. And then this final straw comes and they really need to be careful about trusting that their best interests are going to be taken care of in a situation like that. Cause I think that can be really dangerous. And, but that's kind of what that demographic knows is, and probably is a little undereducated on the financial side and a little underempowered on the financial side, not necessarily by anybody's fault or anything, but I think culturally that generation, that's kind of how that those partnerships tended to go. Not always. That's one of the things I really would love to see and put a lot of work into is creating resources and empowerment on that side. I think it's really, really important that women who are in that situation just take a pause. There's no rush to do anything. There's no race. Do not let yourself be bullied or coerced or pushed into signing or making any decision without getting an advocate to review it and help you make a decision. There's so much adrenaline and panic, all those emotions coursing through your veins You need to make sure that you're making good decisions for all the reasons that you're listing that if you're in your fifties and haven't been working or are winding down your career, you know, what is your financial strategy? How are you going to put that together? You need a specialist like Julie, who's been on our podcast as well. We'll put her name in the show notes who can sit down with you and say, here's what I'm looking at from your numbers. Here's what we need to create. Here's what we need to do. Here's how it's going to change your lifestyle so that you have the information and know. And gosh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's challenging when you have all those emotions going on and then you have all the logistical challenges too. There's so much to what you just said, Nina. And what we call, first of all, we call the person who's not been handling the finance, like the non-CFO wife. As you said, it's nothing, it's not about doing anything wrong or, or yeah, judgment. Right. It's, it's just, just yeah. it was your partnership. Yeah. Exactly. You've been the one who signed, you know, the documents, who signed the tax returns or whatever, and without understanding things. And and I have to tell you, that was me. You know, it was I, did it too. I yeah. had no understanding of the finances. And that is one of the things that I work with my clients on is they have to 
have an understanding of the finances. And that's where, you know, Julie Kearns comes in as a certified divorce financial analyst. I always recommend that my clients have a CDFA that they can consult with and who can create those reports so that they can have an understanding of what is there, what really is there, and some projections. Because as you mentioned, if you're in your 50s, you need to understand what things are going to look like the day of your divorce, what things are going to look like five years from now, and what things are going to look like 10 years from now. So if you can see that and understand that, it gives you so much more confidence to make those good decisions that, you know, that we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And she has some good resources on her website. We'll include that on there. Yeah, she does. What about emotionally? I mean, to be in your fifties and I'm sure infidelity comes into play on a regular basis here. What are you seeing with women and how do you help support them? And how did they heal and recover from something that devastating. Not only is your lifestyle and your family unit totally changed, but you have this kind of, I don't know what you call it, a humiliation that, that occurs that sort of rocks your foundation of who you are as a woman a little bit. That's always difficult when there's infidelity that you come to question your worth and all of those things. How do you help handle that? Yeah. And there is a lot of that. Even if there isn't infidelity, when a partner chooses to want to leave the relationship, it's so damaging and destabilizing for the person who's being left. How do you work through that. And I think you hit the nail on the head. One of the things is we have had roles in our in our relationship. We have been, you know, John's wife and we've been maybe Susie and Billy's mom and everything is changing. Our roles are going to be changing. And so things have turned upside down and how can you look at your life. And one of the things that I help women with is that they have, they tell me, I don't even know who I am anymore. I got so lost in the roles that you had and their roles that we all had. But then when this happens, it forces us to look at who am I? What do I want my life to look like now? And if if that's the, the piece that comes after you've grieved the losses, it's really hard to, to get your self-worth back and become empowered again, unless you have done some of the work and really are ready to, to think about who do you want to be going forward? What do you want your life to look like? And how do you want to show up as your best self? And, you know, there's a lot of uh, needing to have a lot of self-compassion because you are in not a very good place when someone has said, I don't want to be with you anymore. 
So the key is how, how are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? What are you telling yourself? And that's the work that a mental health professional or a coach can help you with, because if you don't make those changes and you don't begin to explore your beliefs, your patterns, your thoughts, changes are going to be really tough. And it's hard to do that alone. For any of us who, you know, I, of course, have had therapists and I have a coach. And so I know that it's an ongoing process. But here's the thing that I think might be helpful for people to consider. If you don't do the work, second marriages fail at a rate of 67%. Third marriages fail at a rate of 74%. So to me, that is just an indication that if you don't do the work, you're going to get in the same pattern that you were in before. And there's a higher chance that that marriage or that relationship is going to fail as well, because we haven't done the work that we need to do to make the changes that are going to help us become fantastic in our, in our second chapters, in our next chapters. Well, and I think there's so much to unpack here. First of all, allowing ourselves the space to grieve before we dive into the work is so crucial and grieving is brutal. It is, it's painful. It's just hard. But I think it's really important to allow yourself to authentically feel the disappointment in the ending of the chapter of that life and the frustration and maybe even the anger and the against your spouse or against the situation or whatever it is. Let yourself cycle through those feelings and feel them all and don't have judgment for them. Don't judge yourself for even not feeling positive about it. It's okay to be disappointed, to be sad, to be angry. Those are all normal feelings after any divorce, let alone if there's infidelity or anything. But I also agree with you 100% on this multiple marriage and, and ending up in those same kind of relationships. Once you have, and you don't ever get done grieving, but once you've, I would say, been through maybe like a year to two years out from your divorce, given yourself space, perspective, time to process, to accept, to be able to be ready and get into that space of discovery. And it, it is like you're saying, it's a change. It's a conscious effort. It's intentional and it's freaking uncomfortable doing self internal work, looking in the mirror, realizing, you know, maybe some of the areas where you could grow or change or patterns that you don't want to go back to. It's not easy. It's really uncomfortable, but it's how you learn to find your worth and best version of yourself inside of yourself 
versus in a relationship. Because if you don't spend the time to do that work, like you're saying, you're going to keep seeking it from someone else and nobody else can give you that. And then you show up as, you know, not the best version of yourself because you don't feel it inside already. You're looking for your validation from someone else. But I will say it's not easy and you do need help. And it's, as you're saying, you've got a coach and, and counselors and therapists, you know, everybody needs to explore what is going to work for them. It might be self-help books. It might be more focus on your body and health and wellness and drinking water and eating well and making yourself feel good outside so you can feel good inside. It might be a blended combination of all those things. The therapist that works for you may not work for me. Just being willing to explore and look and try. And there are many self-help books that people have referred to me and I start them and I'm like, I don't like this. And I, I just move on. And then you try something new. Right. Right. Yeah. Love those points. And I think being comfortable, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable because you are, it is uncomfortable. You're spot on it's going to be uncomfortable and you can make the choice to buffer it by not looking at it by overeating or over drinking or, you know, whatever, or you can really dig into it and it's uncomfortable. But if you look at it from, you know, divorce is not the end. And I don't care if you're 50 or 60 or 70, it's not the end. It is just a time in your life and you get to make the choice of how you, it's really like a launch pad to give you an opportunity maybe to look at what do you really want? What did you used to like doing, you know, in the past? Well, I had one client who got divorced and she she did some new things. And one of them was she got on Meetup and she looked at, you know, the different activities that were on Meetup. And she re- remembered that she used to love water skiing, water skiing of all things. This woman was in, you know, her late fifties, early sixties. And she joined a meetup group. They met and and water skied and she just loved it. She had forgotten how much she enjoyed. So if you think of it as a, huh, I used to love painting and now I can, I'm going to go take a painting class or starting new traditions. If you can look at things as a launch pad for, as an opportunity, then it it's, it's empowering and it gives you a, a sense of hope that this new life might be like nothing you expected, but better. I agree a hundred percent. I actually think divorce is the most underrated opportunity in life where you're really forced to deconstruct and rebuild the best version of yourself. It comes in a freaking ugly package, of course, and it's a painful portal but I think it can have really, really beautiful outcomes if you allow it. And if you really step into that beautiful opportunity 
and learn to embrace it. It's hard in the beginning. It's not comfortable as we're saying. It's definitely difficult. And it's really an ongoing journey as all personal awareness and growth is. I mean, I recently made the decision to leave a company I've been with for over 10 years. And I've been wanting this change for a long time. I've been exploring opportunities. I've been excited about it. The new company is amazing. But when it came time to actually accept the offer and give my notice to the old position, which I literally did yesterday, I had very mixed emotions. And I literally viscerally felt myself kind of reverting to the trauma of almost my divorce, like the ending of my marriage. And this, this feeling of coming out of my divorce change to me was really stressful. And I was seeking like safety and stability and security because in my marriage, there was a lot of chaos and change and moving. And so switching this job to me, I realized I became aware of why I was feeling this way. I I thought, gosh, it's because it's something new and different. And my body goes to fear because in the old times in my marriage, new and different meant something bad was happening and it was scary and awful. So I had to sort of like, I, I kind of likened this to having someone behind you and having to trust and fall back and trust that they're going to be there to catch me and that the universe has my back, that it's all figured out. It's all going to work out that at some point you have to take that step and you have to trust that the unknown will work out and that it's going to be okay. And that there's incredible possibility in the unknown. And sometimes you have to let go of the known that you've been with to make space for really incredible, beautiful, unknown things, but you have to trust that it's going to be okay. And sometimes when you've been through something hard, it can be really difficult to do that. I love that. And I'm so, that makes me feel so good for you that you (laughs) were able to, to do that. And that is a a huge thing is trust because oftentimes we've been deceived, whether it's, you know, infidelity or financial infidelity, whatever the, the issue is, we've been deceived. So it is hard to rebuild that trust and to know that I think what most of us want to know is, will I be okay? A lot of women say, am I going to be okay? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're going to be okay. You really are. Whether it's financially, emotionally, you'll be okay. You're going to be okay. So to be able to rebuild and it look, it's taken you some time to build that trust in yourself so that you can take a risk and know that someone, you know, that you're going to be okay. You're not going to fall and no one's going to catch you because you're, you're going to be fine. You're going to catch yourself and you're going to make some good, good decisions. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited. I think you can practice trust too. You know, when your trust has been violated, you can trust on little things and take baby steps, you know, try, like you're saying, try 
meet up, meet someone new, try something new, or order something new off the menu. I mean, it can be that simple. I'm the person who literally orders the same bowl from Flower Child like every time. I, in fact, I just <laughs> click repeat order, repeat order. Re- like, how about I try something new this time? You know, that's, it's little, little baby things. Join a new club, go to a new yoga class. I go to the same yoga place, you know, mix it up in little teeny tiny ways. And then you realize, wow, that was really fun. Wow. I learned something new. Wow. I met someone new. Exactly. I love that. I love that. And like you said, you've got to get through the, the grieving process and, and, you know, divorce Getting divorced is the second most stressful life event that we experience right behind the number one stressful event, of course, is the death of a spouse or a child and divorce is the second most stressful. So know that, you know, this is going to be difficult. This is going to be miserable. This is going, you're going to have some really hard times, but you're not going to die from it. And you will be resilient and you will be have a life of joy and happiness and love again. And that's why I love your podcast, because it's the upside. I think that this is an opportunity to recreate yourself. Going through divorce is an opportunity to recreate yourself and have a wonderful next chapter in your life. Well, and it's what you were saying earlier. A huge part of it is mindset. If you're going to look for the problems and the tragedy and the pain, that's what you're going to find. If you're going to look for the golden nuggets, for the happiness, for the beautiful moments, you know, and some of my most beautiful moments are the tiniest things. They're dinner with my kids or conversations in the car on the way to school. They're not the fancy trips or the big gifts or anything like that. It's, it's, noticing and appreciating, soaking in and being present for just those little beautiful things and embracing those every day, every day, looking for them. And then you start really magnetizing and attracting bigger, amazing things. It really is exponential. Love that. It really is. I love that that gratitude practice and mindfulness and being in the here and now. And that's really all you have is right here and now. So to take those baby steps to get through this and do a lot of self-compassion and embracing that this is where you are right now, but this isn't where you're always going to be. You're going to be in a better place. this, This will pass. I'm proof of it. I'm, yeah, and you too. are too. Yeah. Me look at too. what we did. Our hardest thing in our life became essentially our life purpose, right? That fills my yeah. soul yeah. in a way I didn't even know I could feel this good until I went through that difficult time. And I think that really is the, the fundamental truth of all hard things is they all bring you incredible gifts that couldn't come any other way. They have to come in those brutally painful, hard packages for you to really, really embrace them and appreciate them and receive them. I love that. 
Yeah. Well, I know we could talk on and on for days, really. I love talking to you. There's so much wisdom. Let's share with everybody how they can find you. Share your website, your social media, so we can all follow you and download your guide. We'll include a link in the show notes for that as well. Yeah. So my company is Next Chapter Divorce Coaching. My website is KarenDorseyCoaching.com. So you can find, if you go to KarenDorseyCoaching.com, you can find my Smart Women's Guide to Divorce and download that. That's my social media. Facebook page is Karen Dorsey Next Chapter Divorce Coaching. And I would love to talk with anyone. I do a complimentary consultation, a complimentary call to see where you are and how I might be able to help you. So you can also sign up for that for a complimentary call on my website. That's great. Anybody considering divorce should do that and make sure to have that consult because it, you, it can even, even that can just reveal so much wisdom and guidance and comfort in, in that first call. So a couple of questions I love to ask all my guests, what books are you reading these days? Anything good? Yeah. So a friend, friend of mine who's also a, a mediator and an attorney recommended um, The Soul of Money, S-O-U-L of Money. Lynn Twist is the author. And I think I think understanding our money story is especially when we get divorced because we're we're having to face you know, maybe a new budget, how we're going to live this new life with, you know, a different financial picture. And the soul of money is just wonderful to, and I, I love exploring money stories with my clients because it gives them a sense of, I never realized that's what I, oh my gosh, I, you know, my parents always said, look, money doesn't grow on trees or, you know, whatever the stories that we have. So I love this book, The Soul of Money. And then of course, my, one of my favorite authors is Brene Brown and I'm reading Braving the Wilderness, having more courage. I think everything takes, so it took, how how much courage did it take for you to leave your job and pursue a new job? Courage. And, you know, so I love, I love that. So I'm reading those two books. Oh, those two are both in my library. I've read some Brene Brown. I haven't listened to that one yet, but I love that idea of being brave because I think it's important to acknowledge that it's not that we're not supposed to have fear. Being brave can mean being afraid and continuing to power forward anyway. It doesn't mean we're, fear is not bad. You know, it's we're allowed to feel that that's part of the human experience to have fear. So right. I, love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And money. Oh my gosh. I think more information about money is good. And I think money is often considered so black and white to people. I think there's the education part of money. There's the empowerment part of money. There's the energetic part of money. That's even soulful and positive and generous and just there's such a 
a misconception that it's evil or bad. I totally disagree. I've shifted my thinking on that completely. And I think there's also the empowerment of money and the fun of money. Like you can have fun investing and finding ways to be creative and managing your money and making money. And why does it have to be kind of a necessary evil? This is a beautiful part of our life that gives us so much freedom and empowerment Let's step into that and embrace it. So I'm excited. We'll have to do our own little mini book club on that. I love that. So what about music? What songs are playing on your playlist? We have like a combined See the Upside guest playlist. I want to see what you're going to add. Oh, add this one. So kind of the old and new. Elton John is doing a a song with Dua Lipa, who's a current and it's um, Rocket Man from his old days, a remix with Dua Lupa, and I love it. I heard that. I love that too. Cold Heart and um, Cold Cold Heart and Rocket Man. So the old and the new, Elton John and Dua Lipa. So good. Oh my gosh, I love that. Um, so great. Do you have a Christmas song that you like? Like a fun Christmas? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh my goodness. I I'd have to say probably if Lady Gaga did a Christmas song, I would probably adore it. Yeah. I know. I love her. I want to see House of Gucci. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Because A Star is Born is one of my very favorite movies. I mean, she's so brilliant. It's so tragic. And oh my gosh, I love that. I know, right? Love her. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It was so much fun. We covered a lot. We didn't even cover everything I wanted to, to be honest. We might need to do a revisit and do a little capsule series on mediation because I really would love our audience to learn more about that and understand how that that. can work because I know nothing about mediation. So would love to learn, you know, educate myself too. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. Thank you for having me. Love talking with you. So good. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, Nina. Thanks for joining today's episode of See the Upside podcast. For more details about today's guest and show notes and links, visit our website at seetheupside.com. You can find us on Instagram at see.theupside and Facebook at seetheupside. If you love today's show, please spread the light by giving us a rating or sharing it with a friend. We appreciate you so much and love sharing the positivity with anyone who could be inspired by it. We're all on a beautiful journey and it's so much more fun doing it together and sharing our stories with each other along the way. Can't wait till next time.